Skype with the most awesomest author ever since cavemen could scribble on walls. His name's Frank Viola. Secondary, I read his stuff secondary only to the Bible. Is that too much, dude? <laughs> Man, I'm drowning in butter right now. You need to just chill with all that. You know, I, I wanted I wanted to inflate your ego just a little bit, but not that much. Seriously, last week I met some people at church and they invited me to this home Bible study. Then there were some there were some new people there that I'd never known, and these people were sold out to Jesus. And you know, I hear them saying things like, "Why is the sermon the central theme anyway?" I'm like, "No, no, do you know Frank?" <laughs> and they're like, "Oh yeah, I read his books and stuff." So pretty cool. I am on live via Skype with Frank Viola from FrankViola.org. He is the author of the new national best-selling book, "The Day I Met Jesus: The Revealing Diaries of Five Women from the Gospels," written with. Mary DeMuth. Frank blogs at beyondevangelical.com. He has a top-rated podcast named Christ is All, and he speaks all over the world. Frank's ministry is called The Deeper Journey because it emphasizes the deeper things of the Lord. How's it going, Frank? It's going great, Conrad. Always glad to be on with the most radical man ever. Okay, (laughs) you rock, man. Um, today's episode, we're going to talk about hacking. The title is called Hacks to the Victorious Christian Life. That's Hacks to the Victorious Christian Life. Can you define that? What is the victorious Christian life? Great question. We're talking about the overcoming life. We're talking about what Watchman Nee called the normal Christian life. And Watchman Nee wrote a beautiful little book called The Normal Christian Life, in which he made the statement and the argument that what most Christians are living when they live their lives for God is really abnormal. So he takes the book of Romans and he shows us what a normal Christian life is, which is an overcoming life, which is a victorious life. And so lots of people are interested in this. You know, how do we get victory in our life as Christians? How do we fulfill the promises of the Bible to overcome various things? And so that's what I want to talk about today. Amen. I love Watchman Nee. Love him. Frank, when I think of the word hack, I think of breaking into something or succeeding at something like a productivity hack. Now, you've outlined five hacks to the victorious Christian living. Tell us what the first one is. I would say that the first one is simply to realize that you cannot live the Christian life. And anybody that starts to follow the Lord for any length of time 
will come to the conclusion, if they're not deceiving themselves, Conrad, <laughs> they will come to the conclusion that the Christian life is humanly impossible. It's only him possible. And in the Gospel of John, Jesus said so much. He said, I can do nothing without my Father. Now, that's the Son of God speaking. And he himself admitted that he himself, Jesus, couldn't live this thing we call the Christian life. He said, without my Father, I can do nothing. And then he turned around to you and to me and to all of us and said, without me, you can do nothing. And if we look at Romans 7, we have a pretty clear description of what it's like to try to live the Christian life. And basically, we realize that we can't do it. There's something in us that's preventing us at every step. And Paul calls this thing the sin principle, and he actually describes it as something being alive. In Romans 7, he says, it is not I but it's sin that dwells in me. And then in Galatians 2, he uses the same phraseology, but he switches the subject. He says, it is not I, but it is Christ who lives in me. So Romans 7, it is not I, but it is sin who dwells in me, who's doing this. And in Galatians 2, it is not I, but it is Christ who lives in me, who is doing this. And so what we realize when we look at the whole scope of the New Testament is that the way to victory, Conrad, is failure. Romans 7 is all about failure. Romans 8 is about victory. The way to winning is based in losing, Luke chapter 9. And the way to being strong is to be weak, 2 Corinthians 12. So we have to first come to that place where we are basically defeated and we realize we cannot live the Christian life on our own. It's impossible. And so that's the starting point. Amen. You just synthesized a lot of that. That's awesome. Uh, so hack number one is to simply realize that we cannot live the Christian life. What's hack number two? Number two is that you need other Christians, period. You cannot, I cannot, no one can live the Christian life fully or successfully if we're isolated. It's very, very difficult. I would say it's impossible. We need other believers. This would uh, not just be books, reading their books, reading their material, but in-person fellowship cannot be trumped. The second best to that, if you're kind of on an island and you have nobody around you, would be virtual fellowship like we're doing now. When I say we need other Christians, I'm not talking about attending church services or religious services. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about where you and another person or other people participate in mutual encouragement and mutual inspiration. The Christian life was never meant to be a solo individualistic enterprise. All throughout the New Testament, it's corporate, it's collective, it's something we do together with others. One of the problems we have, Conrad, is that many, many Christians are isolated, not by their choice, but because they can't find anybody around them who's interested in the Lord. And so consequently, right now, I'm laying plans to create a network for Christians to connect together around the deeper things of God. And if anybody listening to this is interested in that network, we plan, God willing, to launch it in the fall. They can write to—here's an email address to write down— the deeper Christian life at gmail.com. That's the deeper Christian life at gmail.com. And once we are ready to unveil this network, this connecting network, we will email you if you write to that email address. But anyway, the point is, is that we cannot live the Christian life 
by ourselves. We can only live it somewhat successfully because we're always going to be in this process of transformation. We can only live it successfully when we're in fellowship with other believers. Amen. So hack number two is we need other Christians, period. Moving on to hack number three would be... Hack number three is if you're struggling with something, and all Christians, I don't care what stage of the spiritual journey you're on, you can be a newborn babe in the Lord, or you can be a seasoned Christian. Every Christian struggles with something. In fact, I said this in the book Jesus Now on the chapter on transformation, but I pointed out that many of the things that a young Christian struggles with in their early 20s, they will be struggling with later in life. Some things the Lord takes away, some things he doesn't. That's just the nature of the game. But here's hack three. If you're struggling with something, instead of asking God to remove it, ask him to show you how. And I say that because there's an awful lot in the Bible about wisdom and how God answers his children through giving them wisdom. It's a major way the Lord shows us things. And so consequently, you may have a struggle in a certain area, and you can pray and pray and pray, God, take it away, God, take it away. And that can go on for years. But ask him to show you how to overcome it. And now your eyes and your ears, both physical and spiritual, are attuned to look for an answer. And I tell you, this is very helpful. So that's hack number three. Okay, so if you're struggling with something, instead of asking God to remove it, ask him to show you how to overcome it. Amen. That doesn't rule out asking him to remove it, but it would be good to ask him to show you how as well, (laughs) especially if he doesn't remove it in a rapid way. Amen. Okay, and moving on to hack number four, what, what would that be? This is connected to the last one, Conrad, and it is be open to read and listen to people who are non-Christians on the topics you're struggling with. Now, I was brought up in a denomination that basically taught the only means God uses to teach his people is through other Christians. It has to be a Christian means. So if it's a television program, it's got to be Christian. If it's radio or music, it's got to be Christian. If it's a book, it has to be Christian. If it's an article, it's got to be Christian. Well, the fact of the matter is, truth is truth. And Jesus is truth embodied. And that truth sometimes can come to people who are made in God's image, as all humans are, but they haven't experienced the Lord yet. They haven't come to the Lord yet. So what tends to happen is Christians just close themselves off to only listening to and paying attention to what other Christians have to say, when sometimes a non-Christian may have more wisdom in a certain area than the Christian does. I'll give you a perfect example. In relationships— There is a gentleman named John Gray. He's the guy that wrote Men Are From Mars and Women Are From Venus, okay? John Gray is not a Christian, but he has some insights into relationships that you're not going to find in most Christian writers on this topic of relationships. And he has helped many, many people, some of whom are Christians. Why? Because even though he's not a Christian, doesn't mean that he can't say anything or experience anything that isn't true. Now, that's one example. So I'm just saying that if you're struggling with something, don't limit yourself only to Christians in that area. Limit yourself to anybody or anyone, any author, writer, speaker, whom the Lord brings your way, because God does use people who are not Christian to help his own people. 
Amen. Truth is truth, whether you're a Christian or not. One of the things that I'm thinking of is when you when you get a newbie uh, Christian in the Bible study group, and he has a fresh perspective on something where everybody else in the room may have a theological lens that they put on. And he yes. gets, yeah, that's when I'm like, oh, it's a fresh perspective. And you know what? You're right. The scripture doesn't say what I thought for two decades. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so hack number four is be open to read and listen to people who are non-Christians on the topics that we're struggling with. Uh, hack number five. This is the last one. Yeah, number five is always go for depth. Always go for what's deep instead of what's popular. And the reason for this is simply because most of what's popular is shallow. Most of what's popular is superficial. Most of what's popular has no root. And by that, I'm thinking of the parable of the sower, where Jesus talked about the sower. He sows the word. He throws the seed on the ground. There's four different kinds of ground. And he talks about the rocky places. And he says that because the soil is very shallow, the seed will spring up, but it has no depth. It has no root. And so when the sun rises, it scorches the plant. And because it has no root, and I'm quoting him here, because it has no root, it withers away. And what's popular may excite you for a short period of time, but because it has no depth, there's not going to be that rootedness in your life to withstand the scorching heat of trial and tribulation when it comes your way. And so you're going to end up withering away. You're going to end up experiencing failure after failure. And I would just say this, time is not a renewable resource. The stuff that's really popular, as I said, 99% of the time is shallow and superficial. It's status quo, and it hasn't really changed Christians over the long haul. What's deep what has root usually isn't super popular. I would give your listeners, my listeners, kind of a starting point. If they go to my blog, they will see a link about the top 100 best Christian books. I think there's a banner on the right side. And these are my recommendations. I, I get asked a lot, you know, what books do you recommend? These are my recommendations, the top 100 best Christian books ever written, and virtually all of them have depth. So I would encourage readers, those who do read, to start with that list. But really, that's uh, hack number five. Yeah, it's there, the best 100 Christian books ever written. It's in the sidebar of frankviola.org. So uh, digging deeper, number five, always go for what is deep instead of what is popular. So there you have it. Uh, we've got five hacks. Number one is we need to realize that we cannot live the Christian life. Number two, we need other Christians, period. You were talking about mentorship and discipling. We need to be around people. Number three, if we're struggling with something, instead of asking God to remove it from us, ask God to show us how to overcome Number four, be open to read and listen to people who are non-Christians on the topics we're struggling with. And number five, always go for what is deep instead of what's popular. Amen. So there you have it, five hacks to the victorious Christian life. Frank, I wanted you to talk about your rethinking series of eBooks. What are they and what topics do they cover? Yeah, recently I came out with a series of eBooks that is mostly made up of my unpublished material. It's kind of like when a band or an artist records a catalog of albums. There's always that material that never makes it on the album. 
(laughs) And so you'll find that material coming along after those artists are gone or after they've broken up or maybe even after they passed away on these posthumous albums, you know. So Jimi Hendrix has been dead for, what, over 40 years and he keeps coming out with an album (laughs) every year because he has so much unpublished material that they keep pumping out these new albums with the stuff that never made it to his studio albums. Well, in the same way, I've had lots of material that I've written over the years. Some of it was on my blog and I edited it and revised it. Some of it was in unpublished journals or magazines and so forth, interviews. And I repackaged all of it. I'm talking about over a thousand pages, I believe, and went ahead and divided it up into category and put it in a series of ebooks. So rethinking the term has to do with the banner that kind of explains each writing. Five books, we've got Rethinking the Mission, Rethinking the Holy Spirit, which gets into his gifts and gets into the baptism of the Spirit and all things related to the Holy Spirit. We've got Rethinking the Church, we've got Rethinking Conventional Christianity, and we've got Rethinking Spiritual Growth. And all of these books work together. They're all divided up into different sections. They're on Kindle, Nook, and PDF. And then there's a bonus book called practical helps for Christian community that's all about how to get along with other Christians in close proximity. These books, if your listeners are interested in them or my listeners are interested in them, they can go to the rethinkingseries.com or just rethinkingseries.com. They can read all about the books. The table of contents is all there, and so they can check those out. But there's a lot of provocative thinking in this series, Conrad. And so if somebody, you know, is really happy with status quo Christianity and they don't want to have anything challenged, then do not, do not even go to the website. Don't (laughs) even bother with it. Okay. Amen. That's what you do. You blast paradigms. I like to call it blasting presuppositions when I read what you write. Uh, You've got your blog, you've got your podcast, you've got your eBooks, everything, even the hundred the top 100 books, uh, that's in the sidebar of your frankviola.org. If you can't remember all, everything that he said, it's at frankviola.org. Just remember that, frankviola.org, right? That's it, man. Thank you. Dude, thank you for having coffee with Conrad on conradrocks.net. God bless you. We'll talk to you later. See ya. Let the rain come down and wash away my tears. Let it feel my soul and drown my Let it feel my soul and drown my fears. Let
Let it shatter the walls for a new sun. <laughs> 